your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? It's really, uh, it's really awful. <laughs> Welcome to Lutheran Stuff No Drama, the No Drama Podcast. My name is Pastor Brant Hoffman, and with me is Zach Lesher. Say hello, Zach. Hey, everyone. Hey, I hope uh, I hope everybody's having a good day today. How about you, Zach? How was the church service today? Oh, it was great. Confirmation Sunday, but uh, I was elder on duty, so it was hectic. I was running around like crazy getting everything done. Well, definitely. God bless our elders. Uh, you were telling me uh, it was just a—it was quite an, uh, quite a, quite a service. <laughs> yeah, we have uh, eight confirmands this year, so uh, and all their families in attendance. So we were a packed house today. Yep, that sounds awesome. <coughs> mm, see, and it's Pentecost Sunday, of course, and uh, awesome day for. Uh, clearing up a lot of what speaking in tongues is all about so uh that would have been a whole topic for us today because then when we see uh the apostles speaking in tongues it doesn't mean they're going it means that they're preaching in their language and the hearers are hearing the gospel in their language and that's that's amazing absolutely um so today we're in uh, we're in our oh by the way this is our tenth episode so we're uh, we're really rolling here ten drama free episodes ten drama free episodes where else can you get that nowhere but the bush league <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna be doing um we're gonna be doing uh, Saint Paul's letter to the Romans it's gonna be chapter 8b which is verses 18 uh until 30 let's see 39 so um i'm gonna i'm gonna break it into two uh maybe three parts because it has three distinct measures in it so i'm going to start with the first part which is 18 to 25 uh saint paul writes for i consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So, that right there, man, uh, when you talk about looking at the news and everything, and we look in, in a lot of people, 
in this fallen and broken world have some pretty severe sufferings they go through. Would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, you can't you can't get a day away from uh, having to pray for somebody or something happening out there. Well, and uh, I think that we see, and I, this is something that I thought of, you know, myself when I was an atheist, and I've and I struggled with as a new Christian. This topic here, um, it's uh, the theodicy, is what it's referred to as, is is if uh, God is all powerful and everything. Why does he allow us to suffer? And we we already know the answer, even though as a new Christian I didn't. As a Lutheran myself when I was, we find the answer in the in the fall that God says, you know, the day you eat of it, you'll surely die. And sin, as St. Paul says, came into the world. So um, why, does, why do we suffer? Well, God said uh, that we would. If this this happens, and it did happen, so we suffer. Um, and a lot of people really struggle because they want God to um, make them feel comfortable in a fallen world. And for Lutherans, well, we should find that to be kind of an opposite language. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I mean, so God refines us, too. He He sanctifies us through suffering. So, I mean, his main... Uh, way of sanctifying us is, is word and sacrament, obviously, but uh, in order for that word to stick, you know, we have to suffer. I mean, it's got, we got to be cleaved of all our idolatry and everything else that the flesh clings to. So the suffering uh, helps refine us and, and bring us back to Christ because uh, it's, it's like an MMA match, you know, and, and you're in an arm bar. You, you need to tap sometimes and return to Jesus, you know, uh, so. Well, yeah, that's the repenting right there. That's it. That's the turning away from the wrong way. Um, we're all, that is, that is the repenting, you know, the, the tap out. That's a, that's a good reference, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you have, a um, uh, you know, in, in MMA when, uh, if you're in a hold and you, and this is also the same for a keto. I, I studied a keto for a while. If you get in a lockdown and you're you're stuck and and you can't get out, you tap. And uh, in a keto, they that that signifies that you're you're done. And so, uh, and uh, they that transferred over. I see it in in um, MMA. Well, and I don't think it'd be too far off course to say suffering's a gift, uh, because my Jesus has to armbar me sometimes uh, to get me to come back to Him, you know, uh, to keep me with Himself. So, that, I mean, suffering could be a gift if it's looked at the right way. Well, I definitely, um, I think the suffering itself—that's—that's—that's uh, that's, that's kind of a philosophical question, almost, because. Uh, the suffering, the law, um, you know, the conviction, I would say that amidst suffering, the repentance, uh, which comes from the Holy Spirit, I would see that as the gift inside the suffering. That's the cooling balm in the fire um, to say that, you know what, I'm really going the wrong way here. Um, and by faith, we believe that Jesus is the right way. And the Holy Spirit goes, hey. 
uh, crank that wheel. You got to do a 180, bro. <coughs> and um, actually, I would argue that God, the Holy Spirit, cranks the wheel and goes, get over here, you zipper head. Definitely. And, uh, and we're going, the Spirit's got to grab the wheel from Adam because the flesh just uh, loves that wheel. Now, I'm not, yeah, I'm not speaking of suffering in a, uh, what's the word, a sadicist way, where oh, sadistic. we're saying, yeah, punch me again because I like it. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it, in the way that, you know, on the other side of this uh, is the good gifts of God, so. Sure. But you, you are right that the, the suffering produces endurance and, and it produces character. Um, and so, although, you know, if, if we were sinners, suffering, if we weren't sinners, suffering would be pointless. But um, because we wouldn't, we would go, that's fire over there. I'm not going over there. But the old Adam is like, do it. <laughs> and then... Then you're standing in a lake of fire going, well, that that wasn't a good idea. Um, but also, in, in true, in, um, in all honesty, I think a lot of Christians need to hear that, hey, I want you to know uh, that God knows when you're suffering. And the reminder that he has for you, is, and as he spoke to us through St. Paul, is to say that the sufferings that you have now are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So to say that, you know, you're right, everything, I don't know, it's cancer, uh, a loss of a child, uh, pick something that causes suffering, you're right, this is all horrible stuff, but this is not your eternity. This world will pass away. Yeah, and in fact, it reminds us of our mortality and our frailty, I would say. Uh, and just to bring Peter into the conversation, uh, he helps a little bit, too, by saying, you know, uh, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that your brothers are suffering the same persecutions around the world. Yeah. So knowing that uh, we're suffering together as one body in Christ definitely helps to know, hey, I'm not singled out here. You know, I think you just that is a really good point. When you think about um, if you if you think you're alone in your suffering, it's like, hey, welcome to my pity party kind of thing. But um, when if Peter is, you know, he'll reference the entire church as suffering. Just so you know that we're suffering, um, not because of who we are, but because of how amazing Jesus is and how much the world hates him. Yeah, right on. Definitely. So, and, and that's just it. We're a, we're a community of people and we understand our suffering because of the scriptures and we do it together. That's the good part. Uh, we have others that, that get that. So, you know, we're, we're one body that suffers together. And as Paul says, you know, it's all for the hope because we're saved. Past tense. Right. Um, and, and who hopes for what they see? So if I tell you I'm going to get you a really sweet gift and then I come bring it to you, you no longer hope in it, do you? <laughs> hey, hey, dude, I bought, you, I bought you this as a surprise. I'm bringing it over later. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> yeah, then, then once I hand it to you, hope's gone. You know, yeah. yeah, I got it. What, what do you got next? You yeah, know? <laughs> you don't even open it. Um, well, and and St. Paul speaks to that condition in verses 26 to 30. He says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us, with groaning too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined he also called, and those whom he called he also justified, and those whom he justified he also glorified. So, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is, uh, and you, you already said this, and I think this should be our running gag besides being bush leaguers, is uh, when we're going, Old Adam, take the wheel! And uh, country singers are saying, Jesus, take the wheel. Well, Paul is like, Holy Spirit, take the wheel. <laughs> and stop moving the goalposts. <laughs> That's still one of my favorite sayings of all time. Um, so, again, we're not here being told that, okay, you're, you're, you're suffering, you're sinning, turn yourself around. Rather, when we're sinning, that's us in our weakness. And the, re the turning away from that, St. Paul says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't do that. The Holy Spirit is the one who does it. And um, because it's an act of God to turn, old, to turn us away from the old Adam. For um, uh, we, know, we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Well, once again, for the people that always say that the uh, the ex corde prayers, the ones from the hip, are always the best ones. Well, the truth of the matter is, is um, when we pray to God, we're praying in faith, and a faithful prayer, um, a short one, for example, that's done in faith, is better than one that takes five minutes to say that's just done out of, hey, man, that guy can really pray. So that kind of thing. Pastor Hoffman, are you telling me I'm not a prayer warrior? Oh, are you I don't know. Me I'm not a prayer warrior with I... my with my prayer warrior closet here. Uh, I don't know if you told me you were a prayer warrior. I'm not going to argue with you. No, no, I'm taking a jab <laughs> at the uh, evangelical movie there, uh, uh, where they're prayer warriors or whatever. You know, we're going to pray down everything. Uh, yeah, no, that you know, and and I get a lot of questions on this text too. What does this mean? It means what it says. You know, I don't know how to pray as I ought. So when I see a situation, I don't know what to say. The words coming to my mouth are usually "Lord have mercy," and sure. God knows, it's the Spirit interceding, like you said, from faith. So uh, sometimes we're at a loss for words, but the Spirit knows what to say, and He'll get the message there. So. You're, you're absolutely true. And you know what? You just saying, uh, Kyrie liaison, God have mercy. Hey, you know what? You read through, uh, you read through the scriptures and that's a pretty much, uh, pretty much, uh, a, a well-worn path there. 
when uh, you're crying out for mercy? Well, that's biblical. And God even has a promise about cry, hearing, uh, hearing you cry out in um, uh, misery, you know, and he hears this. And, yeah, uh, I, I only use it. I only use that one about a hundred times a day. So, uh, so uh, uh, having the 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 curie there is is a great prayer to have for everything. I mean, it's great, you know, when you're on the move and and you're you know living in your vocation and and you're busy, you know, just the Lord have mercy. Uh, is great to pray and and God you know gets gets what's going on in whatever situation yeah um again it's not like okay I'm just gonna say it it's not some some spell you're trying to cast or something like that to say just it is it is uh um, it's definitely crying out in mercy. The scriptures tell us, you know, God knows what you need before you do. We cry out to him because he's there, literally because he's there and we believe it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we're skipping the next line. Everything we're saying, uh, and he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the spirit. So yeah, right there. We're just, you know, the, the next verse, <laughs> we're dancing we're around saying. it. Um, yeah, and knows the mind of the Spirit, and the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Isn't that great? According to the will of God. And and then when people say, well, hey, anything you ask for God in my name, he'll grant you. Hey, here's a good way of interpreting Scripture from Scripture. You're right. In Jesus' name, he's going to pray for things according to the, the will of God. So when you ask for six-pack abs... And, and, uh, you know, 26 inch arms. Well, no, you got to hit the gym. I'm sorry. But, um, but if you're, it, well, hold on, that doesn't always work because I've prayed before lifts and sometimes still failed. So no, that's what uh, I'm saying. That, that, yeah, yeah, I know. But, but just to clarify, I've been on that end of that prayer, but uh, it's more for safety. Lord, uh, please don't, don't let my elbow blow out here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And so, you know, you're, I'm guessing that you're able to lift heavy things because you started lifting less heavy things and then started lifting heavier things. And so it's, that's just a conditioning. But um, we ask God for mercy. Lord, have mercy um, for, the, for peace. We ask, um, you know, for comfort in our times of tribulation, these kind of things. And it's not like, you know, Creeflo Dollar saying, you know, if you don't get a sky whip, you're not praying enough for a sky whip, you know. So, I don't know. I get I get angry at the at the people that just try to use God for a um like a vending machine. Yeah, God's not your genie. Yeah, our genie. There we go. Yeah, he doesn't bend to your will. We bend to his, and he bends us to his. I should say he could, like like Paul says, we are being conformed to the image of Christ. So we're the ones being bent. You're not going to bend God. Yeah, definitely. And um, I like, yeah, I like the idea of talking about uh, him being a genie, you know, God. 
Okay, I had to play that because as soon as you, <laughs> I had to play I Dream a Genie. But yeah, because it's not like you know, give me these three wishes and everything, and when rather he gives according to his goodness and his grace. Instead of just our selfish, you know, could you imagine? I can't even imagine. It's too much. It's too much. But, um, so, and we go, and you know, and again, uh, here's our, here's our, where Lutherans are okay with predestination, but not double predestination kind of thing. Um, by the way, just so you, people who don't know, there's predestination, which Lutherans have no problem with. But double predestination is the idea that God picks uh, Joe to go to be with him in Christ in paradise, but he picked Barbara to go to hell. That's double predestination. And we run from that like, a, you know, like a marshmallow from a bonfire. <laughs> so uh, um, We Lutherans, we tend not to run. We usually stand our ground and fight it out with those who say such foolish things. No, I mean theologically. We don't have yeah, that. Yeah, theologically, uh, run. Yeah, yeah, that's... I don't want that anywhere near my confession of faith. It's like yeah, having no, a that's skunk. Like, that's like uh, keeping dog poop next to your kitchen table, man. Yeah, I was going to say know, a you... skunk, but sure. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants that there. Just toss that in the trash yeah. and clean up that mess. <laughs> Get that away from my food. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, and, and to say that... Uh, you know, God, uh, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. You know, uh, when you ask how many people did God know would exist, all of us, all of us, for God so loved the world, he sent his only son, that whoever believes in us, in him, should not perish, but have eternal life. And this is, this is Paul's John 3.16 right here. And um, to be conformed in the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn of many brothers. He's talking good stuff here. And so, and and he's going to go into it in the next section that we read more detailed. It isn't to say, well, God looks like he picked some people to be in the image of his son. So he must have picked other people to not. And it doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible, which we need a meme for that. But it's, well, uh, look, First Timothy four ten, Paul says he is the savior of all people, especially those who believe. Yeah. So yeah, all he saves, he's the savior of everybody. But you know, everybody's not going to believe. So we call this the uh, crux theologorum, and, and as you said, I think we'll we'll break into it more in chapter nine. Um, well, the, even the rest, the rest of chapter eight does it gets us rolling. Um, and if you don't mind, I'll just read the last six verses. Um, uh, St. Paul writes, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also want him graciously, uh, with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, as it is written? 
For your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I mean, come Amen. on. That's amazing. Boom. Exactly. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, yeah, it's. If, if you got a microphone, drop it. We definitely have to. We definitely have to drop a mic or something, because uh, this isn't the genie god now, here is it? No, it isn't. It's the one who who graciously and freely gives all things, and um, and it's not the one that we ask for it, but he gives to us. You know. Um, I don't know. I get I get pretty stoked about this when I hear it because it definitely has that uh, definitely has that uh, promise associated with it. We were reading this. Um, why can't the Calvinists just take the baptism text like they try to approach this text? So they, they get this one wrong by just, you know, reading the plain words. And like you said, Paul is not not meaning, hey, you know, Jesus only died for some here. But, you know, when they go to the baptism text, they have to go around the actual text and make it say, you know, something that it doesn't when it does. And this one, they're trying to say it does, but it doesn't. Yeah, it's it's so complicated because... Honestly, it's the anti-sacramentarian view of trying to rationalize everything into a nice pretty box and then St. Paul comes in and just blows it up. You know, there's no room for this rationalism, especially when Paul makes such a clear confession. Just because you don't like something, you just you can't just toss it out. And, uh, you know, um, a, a warning. Now, now, Paul just made it clear, nothing can separate us from the love of God. But you can walk away to go with this whole predestination argument. You can reject grace. You do have that power. To well, say, now, now God, I, I'll be accountable for my sins on Judgment Day. I don't need you. Well, we can also argue that even if you walked away... From it, that didn't stop him from loving you. Well, yeah. and not only that, I've watched, uh, I've actually witnessed people fall away and and be restored again. So, I mean, sure. nobody can really say until uh, the last day, you know, uh, when when you actually see who's in heaven. Absolutely, um, that's not our job. That's not our vocation. Um, I do not possess the ability to look at somebody and go, hmm, hell, hmm, paradise. <laughs> exactly. But I can look at your baptism and say, hey, look, a fellow redeemed. I can look at the works of God and make many gospel proclamations because of his works, but not because I'm looking at you in the eyes and seeing into your soul. It's because I go, hey, look at the works of God over there. That's a good thing. 
Exactly. So, and and that's the two kinds of righteousness: is righteous before God by faith, and righteousness before man by your works. Oh, absolutely. And then, of course, yeah, you got to bring in the two kinds of righteousness. Another good example of. All right, boom. <laughs> I love it. We need that boom thing more because you know what? St. Paul blows it up so many times when we're reading it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's not much to talk about in the last one. It's just it's just pure gospel, you know? Whatever affliction, suffering, heights and depths and, and principalities, no demon can separate you from the love of God in Christ. Yep. It might feel that way sometimes, but again, we, we don't rely on our feelings. We go back to the the objective truth of God's Word, and uh, nothing is going to separate you. So, I mean, what beautiful gospel promises there. Well, we have about a minute and a half left because time flies out here in the Bush Leagues. Um, we're, and... Um, so I was hoping, you know, are we are we clever enough to answer the only question that got asked that I think a minute and a half will do was why do we cross ourselves? Um, and uh, I know that it's something that came out of like the fourth century or something like that, but it is something that has well, it has two basic forms of usage. One is liturgical. You, you see it as part of the ceremony. Look at your hymnals if you're Lutheran. Look at your hymnals and it'll say that you can make the sign of the cross in remembrance of your baptism. And if you look at your catechisms under the daily prayers, both the morning and the evening say, when you begin, make the sign of the Holy Cross and say in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, and so that's kind of home liturgy. And also Luther will say, you know, if you're being terrorized by evil, to do that, to remember your baptism and to tell that devil to take a hike. So when people say, is that too Catholic? I'm going, what, remembering our baptisms? Boy, I hope not. No, that's exactly right. There's there's several hand gestures you can use. The the five wounds of Christ, three fingers for the the Trinity, two fingers for the two natures of Christ. Uh, we're not as much, you know. Those things are good. Uh, it's good piety, but uh, you know the importance is just to to realize, you know, I'm baptized. That's that's what this is <coughs> signifying. Is you know I've been marked as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. So. Uh, I am just marking myself over and over with that cross as as a remembrance of, of baptism. This is something uh, that we do as a remembrance, is our baptism. So that's why we're, we're making the, the cross, is to say, hey, I'm baptized. You know, I've sure. been baptized into Christ's death, like we went over in Romans 6. Uh, check that podcast out, you know, if you haven't yet. So, Yeah, that's a good point, that we want the... We want the act of what the purpose of the act to be highlighted, not the act itself. To say that. Yeah, I think, I, I think that pretty much nails it. Um, you know, uh, and anytime you're invoking the tr the Trinitarian formula, it, it's good to cross yourself um, because that's the name you were baptized into. So when you're when you're praying, 
Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you know, that's that's a good time to cross yourself. And uh, remember that, that that's the name that you're baptized into. Well, I think with that, with that being said, we had, uh, I think, a great show. And uh, I really thank everybody who's been listening. And by the way, Zach and I really appreciate your, your kind words on the No Drama Facebook group. Uh, thank you for subscribing to the nodramalutherans.podbean.com as well as at iTunes you can find No Drama Lutherans. Um, thank you for all the subscribers. I think we got over 900. And uh, YouTube now. Oh, yeah, and we're moving them over to YouTube. So, and I noticed those have been, the subscriptions are catching up there. So, with all of that um, being said, I'm really glad that we had another week of it. And why don't you take us out, Zach? Uh, have a blessed week, everybody. And I hope you find everything that we talked about edifying and uh, and uh, that uh, God blesses you in your vocations. All right. Take care. <laughs>